Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, back again with another podcast. We have a special guest here today and a, uh, a special uh, discussion that we're going to have. Uh, George McGinnis passed away uh, just the other day, one of the all-time greats in uh, Indiana basketball history. Uh, Mr. Basketball, 1969 at Washington, went on to IU, had a great uh, professional career, and also just a, uh, just a great guy. And I, we've got a special guest here, Jim Arnold, who played with George, was, was great friends with George McGinnis. And, uh, you know, I think we can kind of start there, Jim, as, you know, not only a Hall of Fame player, but, uh, but I think everyone would, would agree, kind of a Hall of Fame person, you know, and, and a guy who never seemed to have anything bad to say about anybody. But, you know, kind of go back, Jim, when, when did you, First, get to know George, and we're going to talk about you know your your memories of him today. But but what was you know when you think of George and your first sort of uh, meeting with him? What, when did you guys first cross fat? Cross uh, well, fat? first encounter with George was we were in gym class and we were playing flag football out on the field behind the school, and I asked some guy, "Who is that big guy over there?" And uh, we just you know we got to talking with each other and stuff, and uh, and we just hit it off. Uh, one of those things where, and uh, we just started becoming friends. Uh, we had a couple of classes together in school. Uh, he was on the freshman basketball team for about ten minutes, and then they then he played JV a little bit, and then of course varsity. But uh, we just got to be good friends. We we just hit it off together. And you guys, you know, of course, the '69 team became known as one of the best ever. And, and you know, and I go back and I love looking at the history of things. And you know, you're at least in the top. Uh, you're biased, but you, you're at least in the top three. Yeah, I think when people discuss those top teams in sure. in high school basketball history. Yeah. But we were just talking before we started uh, recording here. But you know, this was a team that you know it sort of took some. You know, it took a little bit of time. You had that, that Short Ridge team that uh, in 68 was very good, made the state finals. But, you know, as that team came together, um, you know, when did when did you maybe think we've got the pieces here to maybe do something like this in the, in the 69 season? Well, we knew we had a good team, but I think what made us really good was when we walked out on the court before every game, in our minds we thought we, we could get beat. You know, we weren't invincible, and we didn't think that. So we never overlooked our opponent. We never thought, well, you know, we can. Everybody we played against, we uh, we, we played hard. We uh, good chemistry. You know, everybody knew whoever took the jump shot, the rebound. And of course, when you got George and Steve underneath, it's uh, pretty easy. But we felt good, and Coach Green, he really got into our heads good. He. You know, he made he wasn't your fiery. He just made you feel good and made you feel positive, and I think that carried through when we played on the court. Yeah, and George was a not only a great uh, you know, basketball player, but just a great athlete. Uh, you know, he, pretty well known, I think, from that era. He's a great football player. Yes. You know, probably could have gone. I mean, 
from an athletic standpoint, I mean, how intimidating was he just, uh, you know, seeing what he could do in, in, you know, in football too? Yeah, he was, he was intimidating. Uh, when we'd scrimmage and uh, coach had split up to teams, I was smart enough not to drive into the middle to try and shoot because George was there. But he was. He was, uh, you've seen highlights that they've been putting on TV lately and, uh, he, he could steal the ball like a guard. He could dribble like a guard. Uh, had one hand shot. And, uh, but he was. He was just, he was, uh, I can't imagine playing against him, those other high school kids. I mean, that had to be intimidating to them. And he was always very, um, you know, I had talked to him a few times, uh, in, in including that, the 53 point, uh, 30 rebound game he had in, in Louisville in the all-star game. And, um, you know, Vosco, the guy from the Kentucky side who sort of wrongly said George was, was overrated. That seemed to, to, to fire, uh, George up and, and kind of led to that. And I talked to Vosco, you know, years later and he, he, he was very, took it very well. You know, he, he said, I shouldn't have said, <laughs> I shouldn't have said what I said, but, uh, but I think they had a little relationship over the years too. This kind of became a, a friendship. But yeah, uh, yeah. but what you know, I think that game stands out. You know, in, in the aftermath of, of George's career and everything. But leading, I mean, did you see that fire within him a lot, or how did? Because his personality was so sort of uh, you know low key, or you know just a nice guy. But obviously, there's something simmering under the. Uh, well, he he was intense on the court. Uh, he, once he got out there. He, he never tried to show somebody up, even at 53 and 30. He just took control of the game. He wasn't in anybody's face. He wasn't pointing at that young man. He just he got the rebound and put it back up. But you could see it in his face when we were playing. He was intense. And, uh, and of course, his ability. He, he just uh, It was a good blend of all of us together. I remember one time Coach Green said that, Steve and George, they're the key here, but they can't win it without you guys. And we all knew that, and we all enjoyed playing together. Nobody really, uh, nobody really cared about stats back then. You just you wanted to win. And this was an era of, uh, and I had Clarence Crane came on, and we talked to him last, uh, uh-huh. you know, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously. You knew Clarence and, and played against him, uh, that 68 shortage team yep. went to the state finals and, and the city at that time was just unbelievable. You had, you know, the 65 Washington team, as you well know, and with, uh, Taylor and Keller and those guys and, and of course Addicts the decade before and still, you know, very good team in your era. Tech, of course, in 66 oh, yeah. was just, yeah. you know, you know all this stuff, but, uh, but the city at that time did, did you guys think much about, you know, even getting through the, the just getting through the sectional and regional was, was tough enough. But the '68 team, you know, coming off that season, did you guys feel like you had that t- sort of team in '69 the, the following year, or were you thinking that much about that? Well, I, I don't, that's, that's a good end to that question. It's you, we didn't, I don't think, think that way. We knew we were good, and we knew if we played hard, you know, we could win some games. Uh, but it never was. We want. We were waiting to beat Shortridge to get to revenge again in that era. I don't know if any of us thought that way. Uh, we got better our senior year. Uh, I didn't start my junior year, and uh, we had a couple of other seniors that uh, graduated. And I think uh, when Pack and I came on board our senior year to play, to start, uh, that helped. That helped the, the mix a lot, and then. Uh, we had Kenny Carter, Kenny Parks coming off the bench, 
and uh, we had a good team. Harvey Galbraith, mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, I think he lives in Florida now, but uh, we had uh, they could give Big Mac and Steve a rest for a few minutes, and uh, so it was. We felt good, but we never. Uh, I don't know. We didn't feel cocky. Like, yeah. hey, look at us. We just went out and played hard. And as that season went along, you know, you're undefeated. You know, there's other, obviously, Marion is doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know, there's all these teams that ended up going to the, you know, making a deep run in the tournament that ended up making it a really special Final Four. But first you had to get through that Shortridge team. Oh, yeah, that, the regionals. Yeah, the, right. the regional that had beat you uh, the year before. But And, and Clarence said they they – didn't really, they weren't really a slowdown team necessarily, but they did that game and, and they took you guys down to the wire pretty close during the fourth quarter. But yeah. dude, what do you remember about that game and, and knocking them off for a third time? Well, uh, I, what I remember is, uh, and I told George and Steve this, I said, you guys get open, I'll get you the ball. And that's what we tried to do. We tried to just work our offense, but get them down low. Uh, but they were, they were tough. Uh, Greg Allen, Oscar. Uh, Holt, mm-hmm. he was on that team. They had, they had a, uh, Robert Wilson was on that team. They had a nice squad. Uh, and again, in that era, we, we weren't afraid of anybody. Uh, but, you know, we, did, we just played hard. We, we felt we could beat him if we played hard. Right. And you end up, uh, and again, talking about George, I mean, when you watch some of the, the old, it's kind of cool now you can watch probably more than we used to be able to watch some of the old videos yeah. of, of uh and he looks like uh he looked like he lifted weights all the time but i know in that area you probably weren't doing a ton of that but but he was just a natural oh. uh specimen out there and yeah. and you know the way he could run and move and i mean oh, yeah. it's just it's amazing as a high school player what he could what he looked like well here here's a quick story about george lifting weights we had a couple of friends that used to place called fred hoffmeisers it was right downtown lift weights upstairs <laughs> And George and I went up there and just to see a friend of ours that was lifting weights and there was this monster guy on the bench, benching 300 pounds. He did it like three or four times. He got up and walked over. I said, George, he had sat down there and he whipped off 10. And the guy looked over at him and walked out. (laughs) And then I don't think he ever touched another weight that I knew in high school. But he was. He was just strong, had the good touch, and... uh, it was fun. It was fun playing on his team. Yeah. How how close were you guys in high school? I mean, you become well, pretty good friends at that point. Uh, we became uh, best friends. Uh, he'd come to my house and eat. I'd go go over to his house and eat. Uh, taught him how to water ski. Uh, we learned, taught him how to ride horses. I mean, we did things high school kids did. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd come over to our house, and it was interesting because... We had a big table. I had uh, two brothers, a sister, me, my grandfather, and my mom. And uh, when Grandpa would say, George, would you like some beef stew? He goes, yeah. Well, George would just reach over and get it because he didn't have to pass it. He was, his arms were so long. <laughs> we, we used to have a good time, and he loved Mom's beef stew. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, but we did. We did get close. When we went on the road, games, George and I roomed together, mm-hmm. uh, ate together, rode the school bus. The game bus, we, you know, we'd sit together and uh, we we just were close, good good friends in high school. Yeah, how would you describe? And it was fun. We sat down in 2019 at the 50 anniversary of that team, and we had some of the cheerleaders and the and George wasn't able to be there at that time, I, I believe, because of his back. Uh, he'd either just come off surgery or was about to. But 
which was unfortunate, but almost everyone else uh, who was able to was there. It was, it was just a lot of fun, but it was interesting to me too, how the, uh, you know, the cheerleaders and then the, you know, you guys talked about the kind of the camaraderie of the school in the sixties. Obviously there was a lot of, you know, things going on at that time with, you know, uh, racial things and, 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 and things like that. But, but it seemed to be a very tight knit community at, at Washington at that period of time. It was. And, and again, uh, th- that time period, uh, I think I was blessed to live in that era, uh, to be around, uh, you know, that team. And I never had any black, white things in my head. I, you know, we, we played basketball and, uh, and never really worried about uh, uh, where we went to play and things like that. Uh, we went up to play Gary Roosevelt uh, that year, and uh, they had had some issues the night before with a couple of teams. And uh, but you know we had police escort on the bus, but we had that wherever we went. Uh, but no, I was uh, we just played ball. I guess that that was the beauty of it. It wasn't. Uh, uh, anything black or white or anything like that. We just had a good team and had a good time. Yeah. And, and, and George, I know we talked a little bit before uh, we started recording here, but, you know, he wasn't from Indianapolis originally. Uh, came from the South. Came um, from the South, yeah. And, and uh, kind of like Oscar a little bit. That and, and Hallie Bryant was the same way. His family came, those families came from the South for, for work. And, and uh, But you said George was actually... Um, you know, they're supposed to end up in Chicago, right? So it's sort of a... Right. Relatives were in Chicago. He stopped to see either a friend or his brother, Bernie did. And, uh... His father. Yes, his mm-hmm. father. And, uh, he said, well, you don't have to go up to Chicago. Well, they're hiring here in Indianapolis. And they, long story short, they stayed here. Yeah. So, you know, you think, what, what if? <laughs> you know, and, uh, but yeah, that was just, uh... That was so neat, and I didn't know that story for years. And then, uh, but yeah, they were they went ahead and stayed here. Uh, he lived at twelve thirty four North King, and uh, I hung out there a lot. And uh, yeah, so it was again one of those things where uh, uh, meant to be. But after that, you know, mentioned that Indian All Star game where he had the fifty three and thirty. Uh, George relayed one story to me several years ago about driving back and, and his dad just being so proud of him and that game that, that, uh, and George never, you know, his dad wasn't able to go to everything I know because of work and everything, but right. he said he felt that in that moment that, that that was really important to him. And, and George never forgot that, that drive, which I thought was really very uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And he passed away not long after that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, uh, I went down there with a friend of mine from Speedway, Tom Gilbert. Uh, we drove down and we met the Green Brothers, Steve and RT, and we played ball all day at Silver Creek Gym. And then we went over to the game and we all watched uh, George. and And this has been brought up too, but he made a move once and ripped right out of his high top Converse All Star. And it took a few minutes to find him some shoes to put on. So uh, you figure a game's 32 minutes long. He was out maybe four more minutes, and he still did what he did. Yeah. And uh, I always like that story because everybody's going, what's the matter with George? And you could see the whole shoe had torn. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, but, and again, but he was, he was humble with that. He didn't, uh, he just, you know, played hard. 
Yeah, and Bosco, the guy, uh, he, he, I remember he said, uh, years later when they talked on the phone, he said, well, well, uh, Oscar's still better, you know, that, that, meaning Oscar Roberts. So yeah, they, they, yeah. they obviously uh, patched things up over, over the years, which right. I thought was t- very probably, nice. Yeah, very nice. Typical George. Yeah, right. typical George and, and, uh, but a kind of a nice uh, circle to that story. But going back to the, you know, so you get through Short Ridge, you know, you end up getting to the the Final Four, which was so hard to do at that time. And it turns out all these teams, I think between the four teams, there was one loss, right? Between the Gary Tolson, Gary Tolson, and one loss, and the other three teams all undefeated. And, and you know, just what was the feeling like? Going into that week and the, and what, what did, what did, uh, a high school Jim Arnold, I mean, how, how, and how did you see George taking all that in? Cause there's a big spotlight on him, obviously. Well, we just, uh, again, Coach Green was excellent. We just practiced everything was normal in practice. Uh, we did a couple of, if this guy's guarding you and things like that. And, uh, uh, they had a, a assistant or a freshman basketball coach. He was guarding me because they thought Jovan Price would have guarded me. And, you know, we did little things like that. But it never was. Records never came up. We knew they were good. And uh, so we just had hard practices. And I remember driving to the game. We drove in station wagons. Uh, Coach Sofredo and Coach Green, they both had uh, like 65 station wagons, Chevrolet station wagons. We'd all ride there. And Coach Green would just say, you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. And he was very calm. And I think that helped us a lot. Uh, now I got to admit, when we went out at the beginning of the game to do warm-ups, uh, Marion had probably at least half of that gym. <laughs> and, uh, but the crowd, that, their crowd turned you on, the, mm-hmm. the cheering and stuff. So it was, it, it was very exciting. But again, once we started playing, it was pretty, Focused, if you will. We were we weren't worried about the crowd then. We were we knew each other. And I always thought it was interesting. This team, this Washington team, I should have mentioned, you know, is is scoring hundred points. Uh, you know, almost every game, average ninety three. I think at the end of the season, yeah. You win this game, and it's a grinder. It's a it's a low scoring oh, yeah. uh, battle to the finish. It was you know in the played in the you know sixty one sixty is sixty one sixty. You know, it's down to the wire, uh, and it wasn't. I know George. Not his best game he's ever played, but but you guys found a way to win. It's probably one of the more famous games yeah. uh, in, in Indiana high school basketball history. But it wasn't a typical Washington game by any any stretch. No, and uh, you know you give that to the defense. You know it's not. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a good game. They were they were good. They had good size. Mm-hmm. Their front line was is bigger bigger than ours. Uh, they had good guards, Dan Gunn, Javon Price, and. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was exciting to play. But again, when you play, when you get into the game itself, you're just doing what you know you can do and what your teammates can do. But oh yeah, it was, uh, it was a great, great game. Yeah. And Steve Downing, he probably gets, uh, overlooked sometimes too, or you guys all probably all do because of how good George was. And he, he always propped you guys up, you know, uh, when he talked about that team, but, but uh, Steve had a big impact on that in the end of that game as well. Oh, in the, uh, in the hit the shot and blocked the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he hit the shot at the corner, and I think I read uh, the other day where uh, coach told them, "One of you guys try and get it, get close and take the shot." And uh, uh, and then they came. We hit Steve hit it, and then Steve blocked it, shot down at the other end, and then uh, it was chaos in the gym. <laughs> and you guys, had, so what did you do in between the games then? Because back in those days, you'd play. In we the, went, 
our junior year, uh, 1968, we stayed out at a, a motel across from the state fairgrounds. Can't remember the name of it. But uh, we'd go after the game. Uh, they'd drive us there, and we'd get to eat. I mean, you know, back in the 60s, a high school kids staying in a hotel of any kind, was that was very nice. And uh, George and I roomed together. And then in 69, we stayed out at the Speedway. Okay. Uh, the motel used to be out there at the track. And then just drive to the game. And, uh, you know, we'd watch. And that's the thing. We wouldn't watch basketball games. or We'd yeah. watch whatever was on TV at the time and goof around and stuff. And, uh, but that's what we did in between games. Yeah. And then the night game, did you feel like, you know, again, not an easy game necessarily by any means, but did you feel like you had already got through maybe the, the, the toughest game? What do you remember about the, the actual state finals night? Again, to us, it was another game we had to play hard. We knew that. And, uh, uh, we, they were good. Gary Tolson was good. Quick guards, Henry Goods, and mm-hmm. I can't think of the other guard's name. But they had real quick guards, uh, caused me headaches because I'd always try and draw charging fouls and, uh, that didn't work out real good that <laughs> night. But, uh, they were good. We, I think we controlled the game, uh, pretty much, but we never had a monstrous lead and we knew with those two guards they could come back quick. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, uh, uh, we knew there at the end we had, we had the three point lead and I don't know how much time left. And, uh, but it was, it was, uh, and again, when it was over with, it wasn't who had this many points or who had this many, re- it was we were so happy. If you see if you see the camera of us getting our rings and stuff, I mean, we're like kids on Christmas. I mean, George included, you know, we're all hopping around and stuff. But Gary Tolson was a good team, too. I mean, that was, and I still might be the finest Final Four uh, because Tolson got beat by a Chicago team. Right. And, uh, yeah, they didn't have a loss to an Indiana team. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Yeah. That, that, uh, that is obviously, uh, a final four that goes down in history. People talk about that as, as being the best ever. And, and, uh, you know, you, you guys come out on top of that. And I think probably as the years go on, you know, after that, you know, propels you into the stratosphere of maybe they are the, the greatest team ever. Did that come up much after, in the, after the, Years following between you guys, and I know you guys are obviously biased by that, but but when did that become something that was a conversation piece? Well, you know, you, you heard it more in the media and the news, and then do you think about it? Yeah, do I think we had one of the greatest teams? Well, when you go undefeated, and it, in that era, the city basketball as tough as it was, we were strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, could Marion have won that game? They sure could have. I mean, you know, you win by one point. Uh, but it's, we were strong. We, I mean, you know, I think we averaged beating teams by about 30 points. Yeah, and good schedule. I mean, and, and good schedule. Yeah. Never never knew that either. That was another thing. Never knew that's how many points we averaged beating teams because we didn't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. We played in Columbus, and uh, Bill Stearman was the coach, and that was the first time a team slowed the ball down. They stalled it. We'd never come up on that before. Well, down the road, other teams started trying to slow it down. And, uh, but again, I, I, and I'm, I'm speaking for myself and the mentality and probably the team. We didn't think of how good we were or how somebody else was. We just went out there and played hard and we had good talent. Yeah. And obviously the centerpiece of that, you know, as time goes on, you know, George goes to IU, 
uh, goes on, has his, uh, his professional career, uh, and becomes a guy that uh, people outside of Indianapolis obviously know uh, from, from from that standpoint. But, uh, you know, so he becomes kind of the name of that team. And, yep. and that. Yep. And so that's a – and people like George, so I think people like you guys, <laughs> you know, yeah. part, in part because of that too. But how, did, did – you know, when George kind of went on, did you guys maintain a, a friendship over that period? Remain good friends. Uh, yeah, George uh... – he he was gentle. All the things I'm reading now about him are pretty much hit it on the head. He was just the nicest guy uh, you'd ever want to meet. And uh, he got out on the floor, and you didn't want to play against him. But when that game was over with, man, he uh, he was just so gentle. And we, uh, uh, good memories. Uh, we uh, did a lot of things together, kept in touch. I went to the University of Texas for a year, and then I went to the Marines. But we always kept in touch, always, you know, talked. And uh, when I'd come home, uh, we'd try and get together once in a while. But his pro career, you know, and he moved around. But we always stayed in touch and always, always uh, remained good friends. He said he would come back and play, uh, you know, games around town. And back in those days, it wasn't uncommon, I guess, for even professional guys to, you know, they were just playing all the time, basically, and, and yeah. oh, getting yeah. games in. And, and I know... Uh, you know, he played a lot of outdoor basketball too, probably like a lot of you guys in that era. But uh, yeah. sounds like he was always always playing somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, Meadowwood mm-hmm. was a good place uh, to play. Had a lot of good games out there. And then we played over at the high school. Uh, Steve and I were talking about that last night. I don't know what year it was, uh, but Austin Carr would come over. Scott Skiles, uh, Chuck Person was there. We'd have good pickup games, and uh, you know, and you don't go crazy. They're, they they they've got to uh, uh, take care of their bodies and all that, but uh, uh, yeah, they played a lot. It wasn't people saying no, you can't play. You just play when you have games here, and uh, and that was always fun. After you know, down the road when we played together, those are decent players. Yeah, there was a few. <laughs> uh, there was a few there, but we we had a good time. Uh, you, some of those players you see all over the place, and then I was looking down at the end of the court, and I said. George, that's Austin Carr. And he looked at me and went, well, so what? <laughs> Not disrespectful. Right. He knew him. You know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're good pickup games. Uh, did a little bit out of Ben Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Davis was one of the few courts that they had the parking lot lights out there. So we'd go out there and play at night and, uh, uh, and have good times, good times. Yeah, George, uh, I, I did a story on pickup games from that era at, at one point, and George was talking about Meadowood and, and the, the night games at Ben Davis, and he said some of the Pacers would come out there and play, too. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, that. Well, Meadowood, yeah, Freddie come out there, Freddie uh, Lewis, and uh, uh, I think Mel came out there a couple of times and played. And, I mean, yeah, they were just pickup games, good games. Mm-hmm. And over time, um, you know, this this team, I know you guys would still meet up and, and – you know, you mentioned some of the guys at the outset that, uh, and like guys we met with a few years ago, um, you guys have remained a, a tight knit group. Yep. You're kind of always bonded by that. It's probably always helpful where you're bonded by a championship. You have, you know, you, but even beyond that, I know yep. there's a, a lot of friendship between, between that group. Oh yeah. We, uh, we try to get together once a month. We've been doing that for the last few years. Uh, we get together once a month and eat lunch and, Tell stories and lie to each other, and uh, but yeah, yeah, we have remained close because that was, uh, you know, that was a happy time as a kid, and uh, and you know, and I doubt if we talk too much about 
the games. We talk about what we're doing now and how the families are and all that. And we maybe talk about the neighborhoods, how they're doing now. And uh, uh, but oh yeah, we still get. As a matter of fact, Steve and I were talking last night. He said, uh, Jimmy, I wonder if we'll keep doing lunch somewhere. And I said, Oh yeah, we'll we'll do it. we'll do it in honor of George. Mm-hmm. And George, you mentioned earlier, and I was meant to ask you to follow up on that. You you said you've been to his house. Uh, what was his home life like? How, how were, what was his dad like? His, his his family like when you went over there? Hard working, hard working man. Uh, his mom was an angel. Bonnie, his sister, she was funny. And I mean, we just go over and watch TV. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a mansion. It wasn't, you know, it was. Uh, uh, went over there and he'd come over to our house and. Uh, uh, watch TV, and uh, one time, this was after, uh, I think after high school, maybe his freshman year, or freshman year in college, or maybe a little bit later, I lived over, I, I've stayed in that neighborhood all my life, and uh, he came over and uh, sat down on the couch, and he had his arms all spread out, and we're talking, and all that, and he stops, and he looks at me, and he went, where's your cat at, man? George didn't like cats. And, uh, so I don't know, he's somewhere. And about that time, the cat jumped up and sat on George's shoulder. And George just looked at the cat and looked at me, and he said, can you get him off of me? So I would reach over, got him, and put him in the other room and stuff. But just stuff like that, Not no statistics, no this. You just watch TV for a while. We go to uh, McDonald's, uh, get a couple of sandwiches, and we go to Dairy Queen and uh, hang out. Like I said, we went up to Driver's Stable. Years ago, rode horses, mm. and uh, George uh, he he loved horses, and I, I think that was the first time he ever went. And uh, water skiing, you ought to see him coming out of the water. Yeah, the first time. that's an impressive. Sight. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but we just we did stuff you did back then. It wasn't had didn't really have anything to do with the basketball. The basketball helped us become friends, but uh, we remained remained friends. All of us did. Yeah, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, it's neat too that I think, you know, even though George has, has passed away, you read all these stories and see the recollections of him. And, and I, I mean, ha- the, the things that you've, it sounds like from what you've read, it's, it's been, you know, nothing but positive, obviously. Yeah. And I think probably a good representation of who he was, you know, as a person. Yes, yes. The, the articles have been really good, uh, because he, he was a gentle giant, if you will. He, uh, He'd do anything for you. I mean, he'd come over, and uh, my brother at the time was maybe about 12 or 13, and George would pick him up and hug him, and uh, he, he loved our family, and we loved his family. And uh, uh, and I saw, I saw, I've seen Bonnie a few times uh, since uh, when George was having his surgery uh, on his back. Uh, she came up, and I hadn't seen her in a long time, and we had a good talk. Uh, but, yeah, his... Uh, Parents were just the nicest, nicest people I've met. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, again, he's probably. I mean, if you look at his the the breadth of his career, I mean, you put him up there with you know the the greats of Oscar Robertson, and obviously, you know, he had a better high school career than Larry Bird. Certainly, Larry Bird obviously went on had a great uh, professional career. So, yeah, you know, when you look at that group, it's like uh, you know he's on the Mount Rushmore for sure of of all time greats and. And again, uh, just a, just a great guy. But you know, any other you know recollections of, of George that you have, and, and just things that that maybe stand out to you that uh, that come to mind when you think of him. 
Well, uh, one story, I don't know if I should tell this or not. You can. Oh, you should definitely tell you, it. If you, you say can, that, you have you to. Can, you can cut it out <laughs> if you want it. Uh, George and I and another friend of ours, uh, there, there's a place on 16th Street, it's Sports Spot, and athletic stuff and all that. And we'd go in there and we'd look at shoes that we couldn't afford to buy, and, and they were only Chuck Taylors is all they were. But uh, next door to it was a pet store. And my friend and I and George, we went in there one day, and they had a little spider monkey for sale. So Tim and me and George, we chipped in, and we bought the spider monkey. And we said, okay, we'll each keep it about a week and rotate it around and stuff. And, you know, a little spider monkey it was cute and all that. And one day, <clears throat> it was George's turn to have the monkey his week or whatever. Uh, me and another friend, we... Uh, uh, we drove up, pick up George, go get a Coke or something, just, uh, and George came running out of the house. And, uh, he had a, a little broom in his hand. And we said, George, what, what are you doing, man? He went, the monkey, the monkey got loose. <laughs> and we just lost it. Said, okay, so we went in and it was in the basement. It was sitting up there on the, on the normal house, you know, sitting up there on the air duct and, so I reached up there, and, you know, he nips at your hand and all that and put it back. And George goes, I think it's your turn to watch it now, Jim. <laughs> and, you know, and again, down-to-earth stuff is what we did. Yeah. And uh, the water skiing, uh, he threw me in the water once. You know, he'd throw me in the water, and uh, we had a good time the horseback riding. He, uh, I'll tell this story, too. I have to. <laughs> he, first time riding, he reared the horse up. And it lost its balance, fell on its side. And he kind of jumped off, and the horse kind of straightened up. And as the horse was getting up, he put his leg back over the saddle and came right up with the horse, and he looked over at us. He said, that's pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> like he planned it. <laughs> but, but again, uh, we, we just had a ball. We, we went to driver's stable. I bet uh, that whole summer we went. And the water skiing uh, with Tom Gilbert's family. We'd go down to Cataract and uh, water ski. And uh, and that's that's what we did. We did uh, things kids would do, and uh, uh, it, it was fun. Good, really good memories. The monkey one probably yeah, stands out. That's a good one. Yeah, it's uh, he, was, uh, he was. I mean, here's his massive man, right? The little spider monkey. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we enjoyed ourselves. I, I always wonder if he could have played uh, NFL uh, football if uh, you know if he wasn't such a good basketball player. You know, because you go back and look at some of those. You know, clips of him and, and playing football and pictures of him playing football. And it's like, uh, you know, he looks like a defensive end or a, a guy who could have, you know, the athleticism he had, he could have yeah. been a phenomenal football player. But he'd have been a monster linebacker with his yeah. agility. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he could have. And I think I read where a couple of the uh, GMs in the NFL back then, you know, uh, contacted him trying to, uh, uh, get a hold of him and, uh, but no, basketball was his his love. Yeah, I mean, he liked football, but right, and probably the more lengthy career, you know, honestly, is, is yes, basketball. yeah, football is. A, he would have put quite a few people on. <laughs> I don't know how how long he could have done it, but uh, probably for a long time. 
Well, I appreciate you doing this, Jim. We, uh, I, I hope you guys continue to, to meet up. I know that's, uh, been lucky enough to be around you guys a few times and, and, uh, you know, talk to George, you know, and every time I called him, he was so, uh, it, it was felt like you know him, you know, it's like, oh, your wife. Right, yeah. Right, and and yeah. I can't imagine there's many people in his shoes who would be that, uh, welcoming and, and easy to talk to, you know, so. Well, we go in, here's another one real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, I was meeting him for lunch down at, John's Famous Stew. It's on Kentucky Avenue. Really good stew. And so I told George, I said, well, I'll meet, I'll meet you there. He went, okay. He goes, I'm bringing Billy Knight with me. And I said, okay. I, I knew Billy from uh, years past. And so uh, I'm thinking, boy, he's really going to like this stew. So we walk in. Hi, George. Hey, George. And I looked at George. I went, you come here? And he went, oh, when I was with the Pacers, I came here every day. And uh, they all knew him. They all loved him. Helped him sit down and all that. And again, that's typical George. They right. just just the nicest guy. Yeah, that, that and I think that's a good uh, way to put it because uh, he made you feel like you knew him, even if you even like in my you know, I talked to him a few times, but you felt like you knew him. He opened he opened up easily. easily you know, he did. He you know. never was intimidating at all. Uh, he just he treated you like he knew you all his life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Jim. I do hope you guys continue to. To stay close, I know you will, and, and share those stories. But appreciate you uh, doing this with us today. I pre- appreciate it. Glad I could. George was a good man. Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Jim Again, Jim Arnold, a Washington graduate, 1969, and a good friend of George McGinnis. And again, uh, sad to lose uh, George. He was such an important part of uh, Indiana high school basketball, Indiana basketball in general. And uh, again, a great guy, Hall of Fame person as well as player. So again, thanks for uh, Jim for uh, being with us today. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.